It is no secret that the travel industry has undergone some major changes in the past few years. And even though it is back and booming, so much of why and how we travel has changed. Welcome to Travel Redefined. I'm Sarah Dandeshi and I'm your host, and I'm excited to talk to thought leaders in the hospitality and travel space for insight on the future of travel. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Travel Redefined, where we've been speaking to individuals in all different parts of the travel and hospitality industry. And today's guest, uh, longtime friend, I, I feel so silly saying this, I was like, longtime listener, first time caller. No, I'm <laughs> Not one of those, but um, longtime friend. We were connected originally on social media, then we finally met in person just prior to the pandemic and then have certainly been close since then. Then he's moved to the best coast, West coast to my <laughs> neck of the woods. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, today's going to be a great conversation talking about content, what you guys should be doing if you are in the hospitality and travel space, if you are not already, already doing it as well too. So without further ado, I want to welcome today's guest, Calvin Tillicky, who is the CEO and creative director of RevPAR Media. Calvin, welcome. That is me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be on the show. It's so good to have you here. Oh, and by the way, I definitely have to preface this by being like, Calvin is so awesome. He is on a birthday trip right now and he's in Hawaii and still was like, girl, I'll make time for you. So thank you so much for doing this. Oh, of course. Of course. It. I do want to shout out the hotel. I'm at the Samark Orchid on Big Island. I wanted to give Ooh. you guys a much better view than this, but you know, lighting and podcasting videos, you know, us influencers, we gotta, gotta look the best. We, we know, we know the spots. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I want to make sure you, you guys could see me, but, um, maybe at the end, I'll give you guys a nice view of, uh, where I've been swimming for the past three or four days. Ooh, please do. Please do. Oh, we'll definitely do that. Love that. Calvin and I have known each other for quite some time. He was on my previous podcast. I've been on his podcasts, plural with an S, um, and <laughs> excited to have him on now. This is the first time having you on Travel Redefined, um, but I know that it, this is going to be a great conversation, but let's kind of roll it back a little bit um, for those that might not know you or... They might know your Instagram, but they not, might not know that you're the man behind your Instagram because a lot of people are definitely big fans of, of your Instagram. So he's got the famous IG handle Rev Parblums, um, which is it just there's all sorts of funny memes. And if you're in the hospitality hotel space, for sure, you've probably seen one of his posts and or maybe even shared it as well, too. So, um, Calvin, so, okay. So I want to talk about Rev Parblums and how you kind of got to that. So many years you worked as, um, you know, in revenue management, you were a director of revenue management, but then what led you to actually create Rev Parblums? Oh man, it's, um, just really just cracking jokes at work. You know, they just started to evolve over time. So, you know, you'd get off a conference call or you're, you're sitting there with your analysts in the office or something funny happens. And I always had a skill of being able to find a comedy in different situations. You know, I think it's just the, it's just the way I cope with stress. I think it's a healthy, healthier way to cope with stress, you know, than some of the other things that we may do, um, some of these frustrating situations, but, um, yeah, you know, memes started becoming a thing and, uh, I, I just started making them. And, uh, you know, I was joking recently with someone 
that I've been making memes so long that I had to make them on the computer and print them out. No. <laughs> they weren't apps. Yeah. No. It wasn't even apps back then, at least none that I knew of. You know, there was no app for memes on Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, it really, it really just started with um, just cracking stuff around the office. And then um, I, it originally started as a Facebook group. I started a Facebook group for um, my company. I was like, hey, because my company was so spread out around the country and it was one of those things where, hey, let's, let's all just pour some memes into this group and we'll all have a laugh. And it got to a point where I was the only one making them every day, you know? And I threw that and I realized I'm pretty good at this and I could create these, these memes pretty consistently. So it got to a point where it was, they became quote unquote Calvin's room. So it became less about, Hey, let's all put stuff in here. People just waiting for me to post something. Um, the issue with that, with Facebook was that your name is out there on Facebook. So when I make a joke, everybody is, everybody is like, Oh, what happened at your hotel today? And I'm like, no, I'm just pulling these situations you know, situations that I've been, been in for my, my whole career, I'm just, you know, making those, just making jokes out of those. Um, so that's what led to the, that's what led to me going to Instagram because Instagram, I could be, uh, anonymous and, um, that's really how it started. This is maybe six years ago, something like that. And no, wait, um, only six years ago. Wow. Maybe, roughly. Yeah. Something like that. I think. That's amazing. Yeah. And that, that's yeah, that amazing. was it. That was, it's. Yeah, I, you know, I just realized that I had an abundance of creativity that I probably lost somewhere along the years. And not a whole lot of creativity, well, not, not traditional creativity in revenue management. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. I have to say, you are so funny. And it's so, it's so interesting it, that just like hearing that story and how it just kind of like happened organically, which is which is all too often, I think, how when we kind of like end up on certain paths in life, it's like, it totally happens organically. And so, yeah. Um, I love that you were, I'm just imagining you like sitting in the back office, like cutting out things and like gluing them together to like make memes. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I printed out, I printed out and I made the, I made the, I find the picture online, um, figured out, I'd go into Microsoft Word and just put text over it. And then I printed it out and I would put them up on my door. I, I it became like a weekly thing sales will do something or something would happen around the office. And I'd be like, yeah, this is the situation. So, and then, yeah, we had like, like a weekly thing. I'd, I'd, I'd put him out of my office. Well, you bring up two really interesting points that the, the one is that how great, I mean, we, and it's just a reminder um, that in this crazy world of hospitality and travel, one of the great things that like binds us together is humor you know, and, yeah. and how universal certain interactions or situations are that you can talk about. And it can be a situation that happened in New York and it totally, somebody from in a hotel in Qatar can totally relate to it, you know, or something ridiculous. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's always kind of been the, the vision for the page was like, no matter where you are on, on the planet, you know, we're dealing with the same stuff. If you work in a hotel, you're dealing with the same situation. You know, your revenue and sales offices are having the same beef. You know, those guests that, that show up, your front desk agents are having the same issues with them. And that, I, I always had that in the back of my mind that whatever I can joke about, as long as I keep it about the situation, 
everybody can relate to these situations. And I, I've had lots of those experiences, which is really awesome. When you start traveling around, um, years ago, I was in Barcelona and I was just posting on my stories that I was there and a bunch of people hit me up and they're like, oh my God, you're in my city. We've got to go out for drinks and stuff like this. And it was such an awesome experience to think that just, you know, you can make friends halfway across the world just because of memes is because you started making some joke that connected with people. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, they started sharing these stories of, you know, man, you remember when you made this meme, I had just started this hotel and that's the exact position I was in and it was like the right time. Uh, I, I love those stories and I love when people, I post something and people are like, this literally just happened today. Do you work here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But again, that's the power of social media is that you're able to connect with people. And it's like, if you're creating that um, compelling content, be it through humor, be it through, you know, like-minded interests, whatever that is, you can really connect with people all around the world. And that, that's one of my favorite aspects about social media. So I actually want to take this and talk because you've kind of shifted your focus. Yes, you started in memes, um, but I mean, that's so not what you are limited to by any means. Um, and you've been able to create this amazing company in the past few years called RevPAR Medium, uh, Media. Oh my gosh, RevPAR Media. <laughs> um, so, um, so could you share a little bit about how do you work with properties now from all of your experience from social media and then also from just understanding hotels? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this has kind of been my my end game vision for a few years. Uh, and as with a lot of other people, you know, I was I uh, was laid off during um, during the pandemic. Uh, but uh, during my career, especially as as a revenue manager, you work with uh, I worked with social media agencies, the PR companies uh, at the various hotels, looking to you know leverage PR and marketing into uh, filling rooms. And I got involved in a lot, a lot of very cool things, a lot of cool activations. Um, I was working at a hotel where we did something called the um, bed and breakfast room, which we, which we created around the social media holiday of National Break Your Resolutions Day, which um, I believe is January 17th. So all no you guys are making revolutions, <laughs> yeah, resolutions at, at the new year, you got about two and a half weeks before we, you know, we, before we cave and start eating bread again. Um, <laughs> but you know cool things like that where uh we, we we partnered with an ota company and they came and decorated the whole room with um they had like wallpaper that was you know bread and donuts and you know there was a pizza a full pizza when you would check in and you know this whole thing on the wall is like it was like a 12th pack of donuts hanging on the wall you know but it was you know to be able to kind of use that power of social media and that um that social aspect, but to, to, but to drive actual revenue results. Um, and I found because of my success, my personal success on social media, I knew a lot more than your average hotelier uh, about how to, how to do social. Um, but also I think I know more than your average social media agency or social media consultant about hotels. Um, and that's through no fault of their own. It's not their industry, right? But they know how to do social media. Um, so I kind of fall right in the middle where I understand both the hotel business very intimately. I've been in it for 20 years plus now. Um, but I also, I'm boots on the ground every day, content creator. So I kind of fit, fit in this niche where I know I can show hotels how to use social media to, to drive, yes, and drive revenue. Yeah. 
which is great. And then you get that as well too, because that's, um, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Cause I, I want to totally pick your brain on it, but first, you know, we're talking about content. What do you find? I mean, obviously it can be probably, it's probably a lot of things, but like, what do you think might be some of the most common things, um, that maybe properties are missing when it comes to content creation? Yeah. I think the overall thing I realized with hotels is it's strategy strategy. And if it could be, again, I'm a revenue nerd. So my brain is all strategy and analytics and coming up with a plan for things and how to reach a goal. But I, that's the main thing. And I think no matter what you do, whether whoever's listening to this, whether you're an individual content creator for yourself, or you're running a business like a hotel or some other business that's mm -hmm. looking to be active on social media, you've got to go on a plan. You have to know uh, what you're doing. You have to know who who the audience is. And that's the biggest mistake I see when it gets, you know, specifically to hotels is there's no strategy and there's no real investment in it. Actually, I, let me correct myself. The, the investment is either none where it's like, Hey, let's get the intern who's 19 and obviously knows how to TikTok and Instagram. Let's let her do it. He or she, let's let them do it, you know, because they're the youngest and they obviously know social media or you pay a good amount of money to an agency, but then that agency, again, as I said, they don't know hotels and we're not giving them a plan. So they're just hosting things. Or they might not even be based there. You know, they could be in a completely different city. Right. Right. And again, anybody who has worked in the industry, especially coming from revenue management, the first thing you need to know is know your market, right? Mm -hmm. You need to know what's going on in the neighborhood in order to properly market and, and price the hotel. That's totally. That goes the same on social media. You know, if you need to know what's happening in that area, where the hotel is located, what subways are nearby, what events are nearby, what's happening yeah. soon. And that way you can leverage your content to be able to, to drive the, those things, you know, using the right hashtag that all, you know, we don't want to get too granular on it, but the, I would say the, the biggest thing it's, it's strategy. We really just, as an industry have not, um, tapped into it and tapped into how big of a of a, of a net that is in, in social media and how huge that can be for driving business to your hotel. 100%. I always like to remind people, um, you know, sometimes like I'll give talks on this topic and I'm sure that you're familiar with, if not the same stats, similar stats is that, I mean, there's something kind of remarkable. It's, it's something like, um, and forgive me for butchering this, but this will give at least people the idea. Um, it's something like 80, 80 something, like 83% of people are making their travel decisions based off of what they see on social media, be it through friends, be it through influencers, or even just going to the page of the property or the destination. So if you understand now, whether I'm off by a percentage or two, whatever, it doesn't really matter. That is a very high percentage. So it's like, if you are not playing there, that is, that's where people are going to get inspiration and, and know that you exist. So you have to have, as you said, strategy and something more than just saying, ah, oh, the young kid is really good with their iPhone. They can go <laughs> ahead and just like start posting some things right. online for us. You know, there's just not longevity to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think if you want to get, you know, specific to hotels, you know, to, to really hone in on, on your point, um, TripAdvisor. Right. Yeah. I've been in the industry long enough to remember when TripAdvisor started out and we started to hear about these reviews and people, same way it was done with, with social media. And a lot of people still doing it now is, uh, they just brush it. Oh, that's not important. That's just where people go to complain. Who cares? I don't know. And by and large, the industry ignored it. 
And now think about it. And now think about how huge of an impact TripAdvisor has on the industry. You have entire hotels driving their whole business around, let's get those TripAdvisor rankings up because they get, that's going to impact how, how, a, how much we can charge um, the guest experience. Everything is about driving these reviews. And had we, as an industry, taken it seriously, this, is, this had to be around 2010 when I first started having this conversation at work. Yeah. Where, where people started paying attention to it. And the reason TripAdvisor is what it is, the example I always give is people go to your website expecting it to look perfect, right? It's like you're going out on a date, right? Like <laughs> this is when you're, you've got your, your best clothes on, you got a fresh haircut, you know, everything's groomed, <laughs> looking nice. You've got the hair done, the makeup, that's the website, good. right? Yeah. Right. And Guests are going to go find your website. They expect it to look like that. If it doesn't look like that, they're not booking at all. You can forget it. Yeah, right? that's true. But the reason TripAdvisor exists for what it is, is because people wanted to get the real story. This is when you start asking your friends, hey, what's, what's that person really? You know, I, I know, I know Calvin has a fresh haircut. He, this is what he presented, but what's he really like? You start asking friends of friends like, hey, you know, let me get the real deal on, on this person. That's what TripAdvisor is. That's what social media is. That's they, people are going there for the authentic um, experience. They want to see pictures from regular people, not the airbrush photos, Photoshop stuff. They want to see the real pictures. And it happened to me once. I was getting ready to book a hotel and I went on TripAdvisor and I saw that the beach was rocky, had seaweed because it's regular. You're not, not going to put that on your website. That would be stupid. <laughs> you never book business, right? But that's where that's. The best example I can give specific to hotels where you really should understand how powerful social is because TripAdvisor is a social media site and that has such a huge impact. But now as a hotel, you can, you can steal some of that share to use a, a revenue term, right? You can steal some of that business from, from TripAdvisor with your own social media pages, your own Instagrams, your own Facebook, Twitter handles, whatever it is. You can now drive that, drive that content. You can take your smartphone and give tours, tours of your rooms, tours of the property, take pictures around, around and show people what it really looks like without a glammed up photo shoot and yeah. give them another place where they can say, okay, we trust this hotel because look, this is just me with my cell phone taking a picture. It's your, it's your front office manager. It's your events person, whoever it is, it's just taking a regular iPhone shot in the lobby. And I know what my room's going to look like. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting because you can look at social media and see that <laughs> All too often, people actually respond more um, to content that's like pretty, pretty un, uh, unfiltered or not even necessarily done on like a nicer um, camera or, or drone. I mean, all, everybody loves a drone shot, but like people are responding to just stuff that you can just take on your phone. So, um, and you're dropping so much um, valuable information here. I want to like bring it back to the tangibles because I know that you're so good. Um, with this um, and considering your background. So sometimes it can be hard. And this is why I think so many properties, um, even just like they don't even know where to begin with social media because they don't know how to pinpoint specific ROI. And they're like, well, we know we can spend money, but like, how do we know? Like, does one post convert XYZ heads and beds, et cetera? Um, but we also know that social media is an imperative marketing tool. So that's a key word there, marketing. So how do you encourage your clients to look at, or, or what do you do to encourage your clients to look at ROI 
um, or how they can determine that ROI for their social media efforts? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is your engagement rate. That's mm -hmm. what I, I would encourage anyone follow that more than anything else. I mean, we still, of course, people still get enamored with how many followers you have. And that's that's great. You still want a large audience, large audience as possible, but a large audience with nobody paying attention to it is not as valuable as a smaller audience with with high engagement. You know, it's it's given rise to the term uh, micro-influencers uh, over the years where you have these accounts that may be around 10,000, even less, but you have strong engagement, three, four, 5% because they've created a strong, strong connection with their audience. And you're going to get a much better return on something like that than say necessarily, you know, the, the, the Kim Kardashians of the world out there, right? I mean, she's got millions of followers, but her engagement can be that high simply because of how many people are following, you know, but so you don't want to just get focused on followers. Engagement rate is, is where it goes. And with the examples I was giving before, where if you build a page where without a strategy, you can have an agency, agency just kind of running with, um, just posting, 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 you'll, you'll get followers. But if that, if that content isn't speaking to your audience, if you haven't told them, Hey, my audience is a corporate traveler. It's she's female age 30 to 45, probably making X amount of dollars. And this is what that person would like to see, right? If you're, if we're just put posting pictures of the local park, you know, I, I, I work in New York city a lot too. Okay. Empire state building, but you're not, you're located way up in Harlem. What's that going to do for your audience, right? That's it. It's, it, it has to flow. So you, number one, you've got to know who the audience is. And again, that's, you know, step one of like revenue management. You have to build the market. You've got to know who's, who's traveling, what these people look like, what, what are they coming into town for? And it's the same thing on social media. If you know who that person is then you can create content that they're going to like, and then your engagement rate will be high. So that's where you need to focus. Yeah, focus. no, that's such a good point. And engagement rate. I mean, and that's how you know. That's how you know that you're creating compelling content and it's resonating with people because they are going to then engage with it. So that's so, so, so true. So um, a little bit of a, a zoomed out sort of question here, but how do you feel social media has impacted the travel industry? I know you kind of touch on it a little bit, but want to hear some, some more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think influencer marketing is huge, you know, and that's, that's, that is something that I think we, again, it's just personal opinion, but I think we messed that up. <laughs> yeah. I think we course. messed that up as an industry, as, as a whole, you know, I think again, people got enamored with, um, how many followers does somebody have without doing any due diligence whatsoever. I'll give an example. I worked at a hotel once where I literally had to fight with my GM about giving this influencer super low rate. Um, this was a high-end hotel. We, we would charge our average rate is in the mid-300s, right? He wanted to give the person like a $99 rate. So, no way. We can't. Why? Why? And this person, he's like, oh, he's got 350,000 followers. Yeah, but he's a DJ. You know, and good for him. If we were running a nightclub, that'd be an awesome influencer. You might even want to comp that person, right? But, you know, for somebody who's not really speaking to our audience, you know, that's, that's not a worthwhile investment. And, you know, those are, that's just a, a small example of what I think as, a, as an industry we did at influencer marketing in the industry, at least, got a bad rap after a while. 
because it was like, oh, we don't get anything from that. But it's like, did we ask for anything from that? Right? Did we did we vet the influencer? Did we make sure, okay, this person aligns with our brand and our customer? Did we ask them for analytics? Did we ask them for what's your engagement rate? How many, you know, where is your audience located? Um, did we give them deliverables, specific deliverables? We need two stories with the swipe up. We need X amount of posts. How many, you know, how many impressions, you know, are, are your posts getting on average? How much accounts do you reach? We didn't ask any of these questions. We just gave them a free room, assuming because they had a hundred thousand followers, a lot of people were going to see it, which is not necessarily a bad assumption. But again, going back to the whole engagement rate part of it, if you've got a hundred thousand followers, but your engagement rates 1%, not a lot of people are really, it's not reaching as many people as you think it is. Right? So these are all questions we need to ask. And who are their followers? Do their followers align with who, you know, let's say you have a lot of followers, but they're all like 15 years old. <laughs> okay. Are the 15 year olds really going to be booking these hotels, you know, as a random right. example? Yeah, no, exactly. And I, it's, it's, it's very, it's very uh, appropriate because that's, that's really what it comes down to. And where I think travel social media has impacted the travel industry as a hotel specifically we could have done a better job with that. And it's, start, it's starting to change a little bit. I think we've, we went from, okay, let's give every influencer a free room. Now we're not giving any influencers free rooms. Now we started to ask those questions, right? This is where it's, you know, again, we, somebody needed to kind of drive that. But what, what's interesting, again, this is just personal experience and personal opinion, but we would never do that with, if the New York Post came to you and said, hey, we're going to, we want free rooms and we're going to give you advertisement. You would ask those questions of the New York Post, who you know billions of people are probably reading, whether online or in paper every day. You know millions of people are, are looking at that, but you would still ask those questions. You know, where's this being distributed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we didn't, just, we didn't think to ask the random person with an Instagram account any of these qualifying questions, you know. And, but where I think that I think it could be, it could be more of a positive change as we start to make that more of a symbiotic relationship. Hey, this is what we need from you. And we need to know who this message is going out to. I, I recently came back from a trip like that, uh, where I had a, I had a list of deliver, uh, deliverables. Hey, we want you to come out to the hotel. We want you to promote it two stories a day. You need to promote the restaurant, use the hashtag, one post, one reel, et cetera. We, get, we know going in, we've got a job to do, and you know that you're definitely getting this from multiple people. So you're, you're getting that exposure. Exactly. Exactly. And that goes back to what you were saying before, a strategy. You have a plan. So it's not just like exactly. an, an open sort of open sort of invite. All right. Okay, cool. Shifting gears a bit. I would love to hear this from you. And this kind of ties into the name of the show. And, and I think that you'll have some a cool, cool sort of thought about this, but obviously considering current shifts in travelers' mindsets, goals, maybe even combined with like what you're working on or what you've focused on and seen, how do you see travel being redefined? The way people book travel is completely different than how it was even five years ago, right? Um, I mean, I've seen so many, I'll tell a personal story with you. I, I was looking for a place to go on this trip. And I, and I remember you posting about, you know, certain, certain places that, that you've been. And I, I texted you like, Hey, where was that place that you went to? Because I want to check it out. 
right? And it's, you know, social media is just like a, a, a more elevated word of mouth advertising, which has always been throughout history the most effective, right? You go see a movie, you tell me about it. Hey, maybe I'll check that out. You like a show on Netflix, et cetera, right? We, we all do that from time to time um, and, and, and have those conversations. That's what social media is doing for the travel industry, where so much more travel is being booked and researched on Instagram, on TripAdvisor, on different blogs, right? As opposed to your, your more traditional, we're not necessarily going straight to your hotel's website because we may not even know your hotel exists, but we're going to search for Hawaii. I want to go to Hawaii, right? You may now, Big Island, et cetera, you, you search that up, you may stumble on keywords that somebody's blog. Okay, let me read this blog and see what, what they're suggesting. Um, and that's another tip that I, you know, give both clients as well, because your, your Instagram bio, your social media bios are all searchable by Google. So you want to use those keywords, the keywords that people are searching for when they look in the book, a hotel, pop those in there, because that's going to help your Instagram show up. And now they find you on Instagram and then, oh, I've never heard of this hotel before. Let me go to their website and check it out. Yep. So such valuable, valuable lessons right there, by the way. This is like, this is so <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. I want to, I want to be mindful of time here, but i um, love to hear your thoughts on this. Kind of, it'll be interesting to hear just because of where you might be staying right now, but what do you make something five-star service? Oh, um, it's the simple things. It's the little things. And as somebody who's worked in the industry for so long, I can be a quite discerning guest you know, things that maybe other people would ignore. I won't because it's like, I know you can do this. I've done it a million times, you know, I'll, I'll tell two stories because that's how I best get my points across. So I'll give you an example of poor service based on expectation and what I think five service, five star service really looks like. So last year, around the same time, it was also my birthday trip. I went to a, a five star resort. They promote themselves as creme de la creme. We were paying four digits of magnet. Okay. So mm -hmm. when you get to that level, mm -hmm. no, it's not in your vocabulary. Shouldn't be. Unless I tell you, I need a place that I need a room that's going to fit my elephant. You need to figure out a way to get it done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm hanging, we're hanging out in the lobby of, of this resort beautiful lobby overlooking the ocean. They've got live music playing on a piano. It's, they've, they've created this great ambiance that you just don't want to leave. So starting to get a little hungry and I asked for a menu. Give me the, they give me the menu, which has food on the, on the last page. There's no signage in here saying that food service doesn't start until a certain time. So we order some drinks and I get ready to order some food. I'm, I go to the waiter. Hey, I'd like to order some before I can even finish a sentence. Oh, the kitchen is closed. And I said, okay, let's, and he walks away. So I said, hold on a second. I was like, well, I also wanted to order drinks. So it's when he passed, I said, let, let me try this again. I would like to get some drinks. So let's get those in. Also, we need to get, I'd like to get something to eat. What, what are my options? Oh, I don't know. Kitchen, kitchen is closed. I'm like, okay, I can't get nothing with this guy. Let me try another person. I won't bore y'all with all the details, but I spoke to three different people for this story to end with, I was going to take myself 
to another one of the outlets on the resort and bring the food back and just sit them up. They don't allow outside food. They told me they didn't allow outside food. And I said, hold on a second. So you're saying that an outlet that's on your resort is considered outside food if I want to eat it in the lobby? I said, yes. I said, okay. I left the next day. Because if I'm paying you over $1,000 a night for something that simple, I wasn't ordering a steak. It was three in the afternoon. They had little like charcuterie board type bites. Now I know this nothing that needed to be, be prepared. You could go in the back, slice the meat and just put it with some cheese on a, on a board. That doesn't take any effort whatsoever, especially if somebody's paying you that much. So a hotel, a hotel that will present themselves as such, you but deliver that, you can't call yourself five star. That's not five star service. That's not Correct. even one star service, <laughs> right? Correct. Uh, not, now I'll tell the good story. <laughs> um, I'm, I am in a, I feel like a small minority of people around the world that doesn't really love Paris. I've been once, wasn't my cup of tea. I'm a New Yorker and it was aggressive for me. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. Hey. It was, I was like, you, you guys are on another level out here. But again, that's just personal opinion. However, I, I, but I, I throw that nugget in to say probably the best hotel experience I've ever had was there. It was, and I'll name the hotel because it's a good story. It's, it was called the, the Renaissance Trocadero Square. Stayed there for, for two nights. Um, the first night we, I got there on Friday afternoon, we had a tour booked for that evening. My wife was able to book the restaurant for that night due to some kind of error because apparently the restaurant didn't open until maybe two hours after we booked or an hour or so, whatever. We get to the restaurant, restaurant's closed. But instead of the previous example that I gave you, they said, you know what, sir, hold on a second. Let me go ask the chef if he can open up early. While we were waiting, they let us go to the, their concierge lounge and enjoy drinks with the people, you know, with the platinums and all that. I don't have any status with these people. They let us go hang out there. We hung out there 15, 20 minutes, had a drink. They opened up the restaurant early for us and let us have dinner so we could make our tour on time. That's five-star service. And the price points of these two hotels couldn't be more different. It's a renaissance. Renaissances are nice, but they don't, not, they, they don't position themselves as five-star. It's very rare you'll see a renaissance charging over $1,000 a night. That, would, that wouldn't be a regular occurrence in most places. So service is all in those little details, all in that spirit to serve. We're here to, you know, help the customer. We're here to help you have a great experience. Obviously, within reason, we know they are guests who are ridiculous, but we didn't expect them to open a restaurant. We didn't even ask them to. That was their idea. They said, hold on, let's see how we could solve this problem for you. I love that. I even, I just got chills just thinking about it because I mean, that's right. And, and it, and it is, it's, it's figuring out a way to make it happen. Um, and as you, you case in point, it's, it doesn't have to be under the traditional veil of, Oh, this is a five-star hotel, etc. You know, it can be other places, but whether it's a different type of hotel, whether it's, it's not even a hotel at all. It could be a gas station. It could be whatever, but it's, it's how they're going out of their way to help, help make something special for you. Um, which, and that's ultimately, it's an incredible, incredible 
way to look at service. So, um, okay. I want to wrap things up here because I could talk to you forever, but RevPAR Media, anything exciting new that we should keep on the lookout for, or where can people go for more info for that? Oh yeah. I, I got some exciting stuff, um, going on here. I just, uh, just created my own media hub. So of course, as you would expect with a, a, a revenue nerd running a social media agency, analytics are very important to me. Um, <laughs> so unlike a lot, a lot of what I've seen out there in the industry from a lot of different agencies, you typically don't get a lot of feedback on how posts are performing, uh, at least not in real time. You may get something uh, monthly and that will kind of be done where, yeah, in a PDF or, or a rough Excel sheet type of thing. I have a platform that you can, um, you can, we can connect your social media accounts and you can get up to the minute stats. So we post something today or that afternoon, you can see all the same stuff. I see how many likes you've got, how many shares, bookmarks, and get an immediate engagement rates, weekly reporting, monthly reporting. Um, so I, that's exciting for me and that's exciting for, for, for my clients because there's, I'm, there's nothing to hide, right? Everything is transparent. You can, you can log right into that app and you can see, um, see what's happening. You have control over changing, changing the schedule. You know, we work on that, uh, as, as a team of, if we want to shift something out of this week into next week. Um, but that's all stuff that, uh, I'm really excited to be able to bring to my clients because it's, it's, it's a great tool to be able to really dive in and see how things are performing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's exciting. So we'll definitely make sure that we keep our eyes peeled for that because that is very, very cool. Very cool. Calvin, thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been amazing. Um, I know you are in Hawaii on your birthday trip. So yeah. I want to make sure- I wanted to have a Mai Tai here for you, but um, it's, yeah. it's 11 in the morning. This, the, the bar's not even open. Oh my- Oh no, <laughs> that's okay. Wait a couple hours and then have an extra Mai Tai on me. Exactly, okay? exactly. <laughs> I will, um, yeah, I will, I will post about it. I'll, I'll post about it. Actually, you know what? I promised you guys a view. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're gonna Let's do see this. this. Let's, ooh, yeah. It's gorgeous. Huh? The palm trees, oh, the yeah. ocean. Beautiful green, blue, hello, vacation. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> wow. Awesome. They've got turtles out here. Yeah, I was, I was swimming with the turtles yesterday. Amazing snorkeling here. <laughs> so I'll give these guys a you know, free uh, review. You can see the full review on my social uh, when, I'm, when I leave here. Of course, I'll do a, a big review. But awesome. Some of the best snorkeling I've ever done anywhere. Good. Well, then we'll definitely make sure that everybody t knows. Um, so it's the Fairmont. Which Fairmont is it again? The Fairmont Orchid, Big Island, Hawaii. Okay, perfect. Everybody keep note of that. Fairmont Orchid, Big Island in Hawaii. Um, all right. I can't keep you from that any longer. Go back out there. <laughs> swimming with the fish. Keep swimming with the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but thank you so much for joining us today. This was amazing. I'll be sure um, for everybody that tuned in, have all the details so that you can get in touch with Calvin. Obviously a wealth of knowledge um, and uh, looking forward to seeing more about your trip and all and more memes and all the sort of <laughs> amazing content that you're going to continue to create. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Sarah. Awesome. Thank you. 
Well, there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Travel Redefined. Hopefully you've taken away something from this week's guests and that you too are excited to see how travel is evolving. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and subscribe so that you won't miss out on the amazing conversations to come. And until next time, keep on traveling.